platform. Here we go. I got Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whiteboard preach. Hashtag. Here we go. It's going to be good. You guys are awesome. Pastor Mark wearing a Lakers jersey. I don't know what that's all about. That's the wrong team. It's all right. Jesus was a friend of sinners and that's okay. Hallelujah. We're going to continue today in this series called hashtag whiteboard preach. It's been a series. I have a whiteboard in my office that, that just, I just throw things on the board as the Lord gives me some words or I hear something in a song or read something or whatever and just throw it up there and just kind of let it let it simmer and see what God wants to do with it. Today, I have a, have a message for you today that's actually, I didn't put it up there. I don't know who snuck into my office. There was some sort of a spiritual ninja that came into my office in the dark of night and wrote these words on my board that I'm going to share with you today. Now, you need to understand something before I share with you these words today, that this is a word for me. And, and I am not professing today to have this message mastered. Okay. I am a work in progress with this. It's a struggle. It's a challenge, but I needed it. And I don't know who's responsible for those words. It might've been my wife or one of my daughters. It could have been somebody else, but I just, I needed this word. And so I'm not going to preach at you today. I'm simply going to share with you what God has been revealing to me as I deal with this phrase that we're going to look at. And it's painful and it's hard. So I, 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 I hope that somehow that, that it might just encourage those of you that are here with us today, those of you that are watching online, thank you for, for dialing in. But, but I do think that, that, that there is, there's probably some work all of us have when it comes to, to, to living this out today. Today's message and the theme is let us love like Jesus loves. Are you with me so far? Let us love like Jesus loves. I think that word love is probably one of the most misused and abused words in our English vocabulary. We throw it out so flippantly, do we not? We say, I love you, man. And we don't even know who we're sharing that with. Grown dudes at sporting events with beers in their hands and too much in their belly bump chests and say, I love you, man, when they really don't mean and understand the words that they're sharing with each other, right? We, we, we flippantly use it. And, and I don't think we oftentimes really consider the depth of those four letters, that word love. We, we have misconceptions that, that if we truly love like Jesus, that that means that, that we're weak or wimpy, or that means we're some sort of a killjoy. And it just sucks all of the joy and the fun out of this thing called life. And so today I just, I hope that we would begin to understand that there's something different that really takes place in us and in our culture when we can begin to do this, when we love like Jesus loves. And actually researchers will tell you that it's really healthy for us to, to have people in our lives in which we can, can show love and affection. We can show acts of service to there's some sort of neurochemical that triggers our brain and just brings us more happiness in life. Whenever we have someone in our marriage, uh, someone in our family, maybe a, a friend or other relationship that you are able to share love with, it's just healthy. It's good for you. 
And, and, and I believe that if there's any place that probably we ought to look at to get a great understanding of, of what love really is all about, I just thought that we would go to, to the owner's manual. I, I thought we would go to, to the, the one who, who created love and, and the one who spoke of it, the one who, who not just spoke about it, but, but he demonstrated. I thought we would just look at God's word. Are you guys okay with the Bible? In fact, hey, let me just do this real quick. Hey, when you, when you think of this phrase, I want you to think of a, a, a word. Bless you, by the way. Uh, I want you to think of a word or something that comes to your mind when you think about the love of Jesus. Just think, write it down, pull out your phone, a tablet, maybe write it on a piece of paper or at least think about it. I want you just to have a word, some sort of an, an adjective or something that you register when you think about the love of Jesus, okay? Just, just think about that for just a second. Keep it in your mind. You're gonna need that today, okay? What does God's word say when it comes to this idea of love? I wanna, I wanna start with probably the, the, the most familiar verse that speaks to God's love. This might be the most popular verse in the Bible besides Jesus wept. Somebody said, I memorized scripture, Jesus wept. I said, okay, that's good for you, bro. Put some other words around that. But, but, but this is probably the most popular verse in all of scripture. And of course, you know, it's found in John chapter three, verse 16, right? It's written in red in my Bible. So who said it? Jesus. Okay. He says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. I, I, I love that verse for so many reasons, but, but, but I love that verse because it shows us the heart of God towards us. And, and, and I believe that it speaks of the greatest. It's not just words on a page, but these words were actually speak of something that was demonstrated towards us. I, I don't know if there is anything in all of history that represents true love more than the cross of Jesus. That kind of looks like a plus symbol, doesn't it? I'm sorry. Let's extend this lower portion a little bit. How's that? Is that better? Is that more gooder? Okay. Um, This verse speaks to the incredible love that God has for you and I. And and when I look at the cross and when I think about the love of God, there's some words that that, that I think are important for us to understand today. First of all, you need to know that God's love for us is unconditional. And I think for some of us, that's why we have a hard time wrapping our mind around what true love is, because for us, oftentimes love demonstrated is conditional, is it not? You do something good for me. You love me. You kind to me. You're nice to me. You shout me out. Then I'm going to reciprocate and I'm, you know, we're, we're okay. But we oftentimes place conditions on our love. We see it in marriages that, 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 that couples, you know, as long as you're doing your part, then whatever, but it's conditional oftentimes in our culture. And I think that's why we misunderstand what true love is. When I think about the cross, listen, listen, he says he gave his one and only son. Okay. It, it, it doesn't give any conditions for God doing that for us. When, when I think about God's love, I, I think of this word. It is, um, it's impartial. That, that verse says for God, so loved Republicans or Democrats 
or others. He loves West Coast people. Only Texans make it to heaven, right? Or those of you, no, it's, it's impartial. For God so loved the, the world, right? Aren't you thankful that God doesn't show favorites? That, that his love is not just for a select few, but it is available and it is for everyone. I, I, I think of this word that, 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 that God's word is, it's, it's infinite, right? It's never ending. It never runs out. It's eternal, right? I, I think of this word personal. Hey, do you know that if you were the only one, God would have sent Jesus to die for you? Because he loved you that much. We, 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 we know that, that this thing that the Bible calls sin separates us from God. And, and, and God had to, to have a plan. He had to w- have a way w- because we were the objects of his love. He wanted to bring us back into a relationship with him. And he desires that every one of you listening to today's message would come to know him as Lord and Savior. Hey, you need to know that God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you and he's after you. And it's not based on what you do, how good you are. Listen, we all are still going to let him down at some point in our lives, are we not? Come on. How many of you have let him down this week? Let me see those hands. You better get those hands in the air. Every one of you, you we, we let him down. His love for us is not based on our successes. It's not based on who we know, how popular we are. How su- no, it is he just loves. God is love. Are we okay so far? That's who he is. And that's what he thinks about you. He loves you. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this because, and let's just be real, it's hard to live this out, is it not? Come on, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me because I find me in in some of this. uh, If somebody's good to me, that makes it easier for me to love them. Or, hey, you know what, man? I just really don't know if that person, is that person too far? Have they done too many bad things for God would really? Or, you know, man, I don't know. How many chances is he going to give us? You know, or golly, I don't know, man. I just... It's hard for us. And so for us to truly understand, I believe the depth of God's love for us and for us to truly come to this place where we love like Jesus love. It's, 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 we, we've got it. The more we experience a relationship with Jesus, the more we fall in, in, into deeper intimacy, intimacy with him, the more we're going to understand his love. But here's what it's, it's gotta be experienced. You need to experience God's love. And, and, and this is hard for us to live this out. I get it. It's hard for us to live this out. But here's what I know. When we have the love of God and experience it at greater levels in our lives, and when we couple that with the power, I want to put TNT, the dunamis. When we put that with the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that that gives you and I the best opportunity to truly love like Jesus loves. Listen, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's hard to love some people. Am I talking to anybody? It is. It is. And that's why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to supply us with that power that we need in order to love people the way that Jesus loves them. He gave his one and only son. He gave them so that none of us would 
perish. Hallelujah. He loves us, church, that way. Wow. On the last night here on earth, Jesus spent some time with his disciples and, and they shared a meal together in the upper room. It's called the Last Supper. And, and, and Jesus, we know that he washed their feet. They shared a meal together. But he also took this opportunity to give them some final instructions because he knew that he would leave that room and he would go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew the soldiers would show up and arrest him. And he knew the events of, of his crucifixion would unfold. He knew he would die. He knew that he would physically leave them. So he's taking this final opportunity to continue to pour in and teach his disciples one thing. And he reminds them in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, that night, he says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. I want you to love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other and your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, now listen, th th this was really not a new commandment. In fact, they, they remembered the, 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 the law of Moses even called for that. That they remember that in the book of Leviticus, that's the third book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. They remembered in that third book that in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, the word says, do not seek revenge or carry out a grudge against any of your people. Love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. So this was not really a new commandment. What made it new was the revolutionary way that Jesus put it on display. They weren't just words on a page. It wasn't just some words that were etched on a scroll. Jesus, while he was here on earth, loved people in an incredible, radical way. Was there a word that came to your mind? I asked you just a few minutes ago to think about when you think about the love of Jesus. You see, when you think about the love of Jesus, you see him reaching out to people that others considered outcasts. Je Jesus's love transcended socioeconomic classes races. It, 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 it transcended whether you loved him back or not. In fact, do you not even remember that as he hung on this cross and died, do you remember the people that hung one on his right and one on his left? They were thieves worthy of punishment, worthy of death. But even in that agonizing experience of him giving up his life, what do we find Jesus doing? Loving thieves on both sides of him looking down and seeing his mother there and, and, and calling out, John, hey, this is now your mother. You need to take care. We see him demonstrating. It was so radical, guys, so revolutionary. That's what made this a new commandment for them. Guys, I've spent three years with you. I've modeled it. You've seen me touch the leper. You've seen me bring healing to, to those that need it. You've heard me use words of love and encouragement. Hey, oh, You've not seen me judge and condemn people. Whew. And Jesus says, when you begin to love like this, here's what it's going to do. It's going to prove to the world that you belong to me. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow. But he didn't just speak it. He lived it out. Hey, have you ever heard these words? I love you, but <laughs> I love you, but wow, 
I don't know how you respond to that, but, but it's, it's, it's hard for me when I hear that. And, and, and I'm just going to, this is just me talking. I begin to really question, does that person really love me? Or, or, or are they just trying to be that to me? Do, do, do you really love me? Because here's what I've discovered in my life. R- real love. I did it again. Real love leads to actions. I can tell my wife I love her all the days of my life, but not ever do anything about it. And there's probably going to come a point where she says, bro, I listen, really, do you? Show me, you know. I believe real love is demonstrated by actions. It's not just a lot of lip service. Hey, grown dudes after drinking too much beer, they don't really love each other. They're just drunk. And we know what the Bible says about that. Different sermon, different time, right? But real love leads to actions. That's what made Jesus such a radical he, he, he didn't just talk about it, but he ultimately went to a cross and demonstrated it. Scripture says there's no greater love than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. He proved it. He took action with it. Listen, now there's probably not many of us that bear witness and have a testament and say, you know what? I have somebody that's literally laid down their life for us. You might, but I'm telling you, most people have never had anybody demonstrate love to them that way, <laughs> Right? I love you, but come on. No, you know, there's, there, 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 there's something practical about living out. In fact, one of the most practical things I believe that we can do to show people we love them is to try to place ourselves in their shoes. Think about that. Try to put yourself in someone else's situation before you try to determine whether or not they're worthy of this in your life. Try try to place yourself in their situation and understand what's going on around them. You see, real love forgets everything and just has a care and a concern. Real love, real love gives when it's difficult. Real love helps whenever it's inconvenient. Real love turns the other cheek when people lash out and and they don't retaliate. That's what real love is. It's, It's action and it is hard, is it not? Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Listen, I I think every one of us in this room desire to feel respect and love, do we not? We all want that. And if that's what we want, why would we not offer that to people around us? Ah, but you don't know, pastor. You don't know what they said. You're right. I don't. I don't. You you know, I I love John 3, 16 is probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. But the very next verse, verse 17, is probably one of the most overlooked verses. (laughs) Verse 16, we love God so loved the world, gave his son. Yeah, I love that. But do you know what verse 17 says there? Look what it says. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. If, if, if there's something that we also need to understand about what it means to love like Jesus loves, listen, this thing called judging other people, whoo, 
That's not why Jesus came. And listen, if there was anyone that had a right to come and judge people because of their weaknesses and sin, would it not be Jesus? Come on, somebody, right? But he didn't do that. It says he didn't come in the world to judge the world, but he came to save the world. I remember Jesus's encounter one day with a prostitute who was about to be stoned because of her sin. And she deserved that according to the law. But Jesus began to doodle in the dirt that day. He wrote some words and people saw what he wrote and they dropped their stones and walked away. He gets up and says, hey, where are your accusers, lady? They're not here. Well, since they're not here, listen, I don't condemn you either, but go and sin no more. He didn't judge people. My, my, my wife sent me a, a note this week, and, and I love notes that my, 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 my wife sends me, but sometimes I'm like, okay, what are you, she preaching to me is what she's doing. I have my own personal Holy Spirit physically with me. Her name is my wife. And so, um, but, but she sent me a note this week from a, a post that she found on an on a, uh, Instagram handle called Raised to Stay, Raised to Stay to stay. And, and, and I love this word. Can I just read it to you? Because the Lord just hit me in the chest with this. The, the author of this post re- relates the days. Do you remember when you got your yearbook in elementary, middle school or high school years, and you'd look through the pictures of your classmates, but then there might've been some that you would put an X over their picture. Come on, somebody, let me see those hands. Right. Sinner, sinner, judger. We all have that. They were mean to us in the lunch line. They didn't pick us on the playground to be on their team. They, they took my milk, my carton of milk. Come on. You remember when milk came in cartons on a lunch tray? Come on, somebody. Come on. How many of you remember chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes with gravy all over it? We didn't care about lard and butter and calorie intake back then. That's why my grandparents lived to be a long old, right? My grandma dipped snuff, chewed tobacco. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that, okay? But I'm just saying times are different. But do you remember, get back to on track. Do you remember you used to put some X's over people's faces that hurt you, didn't they? You kind of canceled them out. I'm look at all my classmates that I like. But people that were rude or mean or crude, uh-uh, cross them out. You even put horns on some of them, didn't you? You heathen, you. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, I hurt you right now. That's, but that, that's what she's speaking about here. And, 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 and here's what, this is what this, how God used this post to just hurt me in a good way. She says, it's, yeah, let me start up here. I'm not sure why we as a church are behaving much differently or if we are. Jesus commands us to forgive one another 70 times seven. He commands us to forgive, not to cancel others out. It is possible to forgive without canceling. It's possible to forgive without dragging each other's names through the mud. It's possible to forgive without blasting our offense with one another through podcasts and social media posts and coffee chatter. It's possible to forgive without tarnishing another's reputation. Can I just write that word up there for us today? Man, that's hard, isn't it? Am I talking to anybody right now? Or again, is this just for me? Bless that Lord Jesus. Listen to this. Whenever I see the picture of the Last Supper, 
I want to put a giant X on the picture of Judas. But Jesus didn't cancel Judas or try to expose him like I would have wanted to. Instead, he kept his eyes on his father's business. He washed his feet and he had dinner with him in peace. Forgiveness doesn't mean inviting people who have hurt us back into the inner parts of our lives. But it does mean giving each other back to the Lord and getting on with what you are called to accomplish. It's not revenge, not bitter diatribe, not passive aggressive tweets or secret meetings trying to shut down other ministries or people. Forgiveness is setting each other free while canceling is creating a culture of who we think deserves isolation. Jesus doesn't keep lists. He doesn't keep score. He throws our sin away as far as the east is from the west, and he still invites us to his table. Here's the encouragement for someone. Throw away your list of those who've hurt you. And instead, make a list of those you need to forgive. Then release them and get about your father's business. Jesus doesn't cancel us. and We don't get to cancel each other. That hurts because... I am a work in progress when it comes to this. Am I talking to anybody else? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to live just this one thing out that we see demonstrated in the cross that Jesus died on. That's why I told you that we need his love with the power of the Holy Spirit to help us love as Jesus loves. Jesus said when we live that way, it's actually a testimony to other people. They actually see the way that we love and treat and respect one another, and it actually points people to him. But here's what I see oftentimes in our churches today. I see bitterness. I see jealousy. I see arguing. I see divisiveness. The list could go on and on and on. And not only does this hurt the heart of our father in heaven, because that's not who he is, but it affects our witness to people outside the house. Does that make sense to anybody here today? And I wonder if that's who we've become as the church or As the old hymn would say, do they know that we are Christians by our love? Do they know that? Listen, everybody wants to be loved and respected. You want it. Why can't we give that to others then? If that's what we desire. You know, every one of us as boys and girls at a certain point in our life, wanted to be just like our mom and dad, didn't we? <laughs> then our teenage years were like, oh God, I hope I'm never like my mom and dad, right? Whew. Applebee's on a date night and all that. I mean, you know, I'm just, there's hope I'm not like that, right? But um, nothing wrong with Applebee's, by the way, but 
Um, I, I love what Paul writes in the book of Ephesians chapter five. He says, listen, imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Guys, this is hard. Maybe not for you, but it is for me. Man, I want to imitate God as best I can. I, I, I pray that we would learn to love as he loves. So I don't know what word came to your mind today when I asked you to think of one, but when I think about his love, I think of the word, how humble Jesus is, how selfless he is. I think of the word servant. I just see, I, I, I see a man who, I, I think we love him by sharing the gospel with people. I, I think James would say true religion is when you care for people like the widows and the orphans. That's true and genuine religion is what James 1.27 says. What comes to your mind with this phrase, let us love like Jesus loves? So here's my challenge for you. Whatever that one word is, can we just start there this week with that? Hey, don't be trying to master it all. But could you just start with one aspect of the love of Jesus? Could you start with that this week and put that on display for people around you to see? And I'm telling you, if we could just live, I think, one positive Jesus quality this week, I can't help but think that people are going to be attracted about him. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to sing a closing song today. It's actually a prayer for us that, that we would live out and be who he's called us to be. I just want to encourage you to assume whatever posture you want to assume. You can stand if you want. Listen, you may want to come and just kneel at the altar today and just pray. And as these words are sung over us today, but God, I pray that you would have your way in this moment.